Welcome to another episode of Fight the Burnout. Today we have Andrew Olet, if I pronounce that last name right, but I'm sure we'll hear on in a second, uh, on the show. Uh, he helps uh, first responders in that transition uh, out of policing and that, so kind of the opposite of what I've been doing the last few years and kind of in line with where I'm going now with our burnout uh, coaching program, uh, which if you're interested in, please send us an email at team at createfromy.com where we're going to take you from eh, feeling like you don't have all that much energy to getting those first day feeling and excitement back, fight that burnout and uh, find that purpose again. So without further ado, Andrew, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, what you do and your background and um, what burnout means to you? Cool. Thanks, Chris, for the introduction. You, you kind of did my last name okay. I mean, it's it's close. Um, Andrew Outlet here, um, very close. Like I said, you almost you almost got it. Um, and uh, thanks thanks for the introduction. Thanks for inviting me. So a um, little bit about me. Um, nine about nine years ago i left public safety fire ems um and decided to transition out and really kind of see what the world outside of public safety is what it was what it's supposed to be stuff like that um but i spent about seven and a half eight years uh in fire ems outside baltimore maryland in the united states um and then um Ended up finding my way into consulting, um, government type of work, U.S. government type of work, um, and then the private sector, which is where I am today. Um, I lead a global team that focuses on supply chain security, so making sure that stuff gets the people secure, safe, um, all that fun stuff. Um, but um, why, why I left FIRE and EMS, we'll get into a little bit more in a little bit, um, it's a combination of curiosity, but also just being tired, tired of the drama, tired of the trauma, like we were talking about earlier, Chris. Um, <laughs> and um, like for me, burnout means like being tired and not motivated, um, being um, being just like brought down and just like frustrated, um, um, just feeling like. You, you don't know where to go next. Like that's it's kind of like my version of like burnout. And I felt it like a lot leaving public safety, felt it throughout my career so far in other aspects. Like, yeah, so that's that's a little bit about me and burnout. How did I do, Chris? Did I do okay? You did perfect. That's awesome. It's, um, it's one of those things that everybody experiences or feels it uh, in different ways, but it is very similar. You know, the amount of people that say to me, oh, you know, burnout is lack of energy, lack of motivation, um, feeling like I just don't want to get out of bed in the morning, uh, don't want to keep going, uh, sick of what I'm doing, uh, is very common. Uh, and that's because it is, uh, it is it. Your energy levels are so low. Your tank is so empty that you're just like, it takes effort to even try and fill your tank back up. Uh, I remember the counselor that I went to in my, what I call my darkest days. Uh, which are actually my days of most growth, uh, was we went to the counselor and after a bit of a fight and my wife going, you owe me counseling. We've been together. What was that at the moment at the time? I think like 10 years. She's like, you owe me at least one more set, one more thing of counseling. I was like, okay, fine. And I went and luckily we got a great counselor. And so this is a plug to counselors, but don't always rely on, you know, accept the first one that you went to because I'd been to three different ones before that, even the police one. 
And they were crap for me at least. Or I was crap giving to them. Uh, and she goes, Chris, uh, she had us both tell our sides of the story. And she goes, yeah, you guys got stuff going on. But she's like, Chris, you're so burned out from everything you've seen and dealt with. And the trauma, as you said as well, the drama and the trauma of the trauma that all you can see is the darkness. All you can mm -hmm. see is the negativity. And it's burned you out so much that while you're doing what you're doing, you're never going to fill your tank back up no matter what you do outside of it. <laughs> I was so burned out. And so traumatized of everything and everything going on in the world that I first thing that popped into my head and what the demon I call it says was you hate cops. You want one less on the road. That's mm -hmm. what I said in my head. And it took me about three weeks of counseling, four weeks of counseling to actually tell her that. Mm -hmm. So can totally relate to that energy because the energy was, I don't want to fix this. I don't want to do this. And so it took a lot. So tell us a little bit about, so you, you go, okay, cool. I want some variety. I want to change a little bit. What did it take to actually do that though? Because I know when you're in those depths, you can be like, there's so little energy. I'm so unmotivated that it, you don't even have the motivation to go, here's my papers. I'm done. Well, what's, what's really funny is like when, when you're in public safety, you have to put on this image that you're so tough, right? Mm -hmm. Like you, you have to, you have to, you have to, you know, show your thick skin or have thick skin all the time. And, you know, showing your, showing any sort of sensitivity is like, it, it's not the culture to do that. Like accepting number one, that you're drained. Um, I, I think, I, I think that was the biggest, biggest step for me was even accepting that, mm. um, how, how to navigate that and how to actually like make the transition. That's something that took about a year and a half for me. Mm. Like from the moment I said, oh, I'm so tired to figuring out, what I wanted to do. Like, do, do I even have the skills to do what I want to do? Um, in some cases I didn't, and I had to figure out how to get that, um, to actually saying I'm done hanging up the coat, I'm leaving, um, and, and actually taking the step to apply to positions and understanding how to apply and, um, all like how to interview outside of public safety, like completely different. Um, I had to talk about myself, which is cocky. Yeah. You don't do that. You don't talk about yourself. Um, like it was just change after change after change in learning about myself. And like, even like a year after like getting out successfully, like it was still uncomfortable. Um, couple that with, um, feeling like I didn't have a support system anymore. Like the months that went by realizing that the people I used to hang out with every day and talk about traumatizing experiences. Now that was friends who couldn't relate and didn't care no matter how close they were to me and family that why am I putting that burden on them when again, they can't relate and they may care but they have no idea how to handle that. And then that's stressful for them. So anyway, it's just a combination of things, man. I mean, like it, it was a lot of self like learning, um, um, but just raising the hand and saying, I'm tired. Like I, I need to find like, like what you said earlier, my why, um, I, like, wh why am I here? Like, what, what am I trying to do? Um, and then translating that into something different. That, that was the tough part. Yeah, it, it's, it's, it's so true. And when you don't know that, you know, like you said, you don't know who you are in a way, 
who are you without that badge or, you know, in your case, without, you know, without that uniform? Who am I when I take that uniform off? And I talk to so many cops and, you know, I've talked to, you know, I've helped so many people get into the place. And it's one of the big things that I tell them. I was like, you're not that uniform that you're trying to get to. You're who you are right now. Bring that person into the job and keep that person in there and just add the uniform to it. Uh, but when we go to, tr when you go to transition out or hell, you're still in it and you're sitting there, you know, if you're listening and you're, you're still in there and you're like, Hey, this is me. I feel like I've got no energy. I don't want to get out of bed in the morning. I, I struggle to sleep. I, you know, I come home and I, I need alcohol or I need something, some sort of substance to calm down or something because I'm so like the buzz is going on and just FYI, that's adrenaline running, whether you think it is or not. Uh, that's burnout. And so to transition out of that is, you know, what were the, what were, what would you say? If you think back to that time when you were burned out, we'll use that word when you were burned out, what were the key, like maybe three things that you actually used that you, you know, that you can think of now that you were like, Hey, I did this regularly to kind of work through that lack of energy time. Um, I, I would say, the, the number one thing is I would try to keep myself busy. Mm. Um, when, when, and, and to this day, it's a terrible, it, it's something that I realize now. So, so I, I, I'm more self-aware today than I was eight years ago and a lot of self-awareness over the last year, to be completely honest. Um, but when I want to avoid something, I'm, super short in my head about how I want to avoid it. And then I direct my energy immediately to something else and just say, ah, oh, that, uh, we'll, we'll just brush that under the carpet. Um, just complete. So, so for, for starters, like I, I just started, started avo avoiding, which is terrible. Um, but, uh, trying to redirect my energy to something that, that was more interesting and fun, um, to get, get myself motivated. So that was like, the big the biggest thing honestly chris um i i'm i'm not sure off the top of my head about two more but um that, that's like the the biggest item like right off the bat so it's interesting you started with you started with busy and then you said you started to avoid things that you didn't want to do but you did shift to the things that you that um that you you had enjoyment for and for, for viewers and listeners, I can relate to this because I did the same exact thing. I'll just go, you know, I don't like that, so I'm going to avoid it. I still, in ways, sometimes do that. Um, I caught myself the other day talking to my wife. I was like, yeah, I don't feel like working today. And she's like, Chris, get your ass down to your office and work. I was like, okay, fine. <laughs> and it's not because I'm burned out. It's just because I was being lazy and those old habits. But I want to bring attention to, you know, at times you have to do this. You have to shift yourself to what you enjoy. If you're in those dark days of burnout where you literally have to drag yourself out of bed, you sleep like crap. You're constantly looking at the, seeing the negatives of what you're doing in work. You're not, you know, you, 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 if you are sitting here listening to this and going, I struggle to actually think about, you know, a good thing from what I do. Guess what? You're burned out. I'll just say it straight up. You're burned out. Uh, and it doesn't mean that you have to change roles. It doesn't mean you have to change what you're doing. What it means is you need to shift your, sh your focus and your energy. And by shifting like you did to things that you enjoy, it starts to bring positivity back into your life. 
starts to bring enjoyment back into your life. It starts to bring excitement back into your life. And it starts to bring that energy back in. When we have energy, we'll do more, we'll impact more. As we said before we started recording, you'll do more, you'll, you'll, you'll give more, you'll impact more. You'll, you'll actually create more productivity and you'll have more enjoyment in your other areas of your life. Because they do transmit over. This is why you probably notice that when you're burned out, even your relationship feels like crap. <laughs> yeah, or, or, lack, or lack of. Right? Or lack of relationship feels like crap yeah. because you're not putting energy and excitement into it. You know? Nobody wants to be around you either. Uh, like no. you're not, you're not fun. You're, yeah. you're kind of like a blob. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's so true. It's so true. So no, I love that you brought that on. I will bring in there though. There's positives and negatives into that being, you know, keeping yourself busy. Mm -hmm. uh, you, you bring us back to, you know, if I bring us to the pandemic, we all got locked down beginning of it. Pretty much the whole world went stay at home. Depending on where you were in the U.S., depended on the level of it. Depending on where you were in the world, depended on the level of it. Hell, at the time of this recording, still depends on where you are in the world, depends on the level of it. But what it created was it created a lot of people to not be able to stay busy. Mm. And so it created a two-edged sword. Lots of people ended up going down that dark road of, oh my God, everything's horrible. And a lot of people went into, oh, I get to look within myself now. I'm forced to look at myself. So when we create busyness, we actually, and tell me what your thoughts are on this, Andrew. When we create busyness, we, are, we, we normally are running from something. Mm. Running from the actual truth of what we need to work on. And so it's like an avoidance. I was just going to say, you're avoiding the the actual root cause of what's going on like when I, I i remember you know not only did i do this like in the fire department but i i've done this the the last god the, the most recent like element of burnout was actually in the fall of last year um and and i caught myself and i knew i knew i was just going down a path that i needed to nip in the butt um but I was keeping myself so incredibly busy with like five different things like throughout the week and on the weekend that I wasn't focusing in on my myself. And um, I just kept pushing myself and saying, you know, it'll all go away. It'll all go away. It took so much energy, though, um, to, to focus on that and then everything else. And you just become tired. Your brain is a muscle. <laughs> like when, when you're working it so much, like, because you're thinking about a thousand different things, whether it's work, personal life, which is, has a whole bunch of subcomponents too, like personal life with family, mm -hmm. um, like significant others, um, you know, even animals, like finance, like so many different elements on the personal side, you add work, you add, PTSD and trauma, like of triggers of that, which you may or may not know you even have. Um, it's just like so many different elements that just are exhausting. They just all keep building on each other. So yeah, it's, it's tiring. It's tiring. It, it is. Uh, you know, you had a lot of really good points there, you know, but I want to jump into like for first responders, really anybody I'll, I'll put it out there. Everybody has some form of PTSD. Doesn't matter if you're a first responder, frontline officer, or if you're just an office worker. 
You'll have some form of PTSD, just at different varying levels. Yes, police officers are five times more likely and first responders five times more likely to have suffered from major effects of PTSD, like debilitating. But we all have it and it all affects us in different ways. All of us have it from our childhood, which has created who we are today. Whether it's good or bad, there is no really good or bad. It's just what it is. It's created who you are today. And once you accept that, you have it. But you said some really important things there that, you know, you've gone through it again recently. I did the same thing. We went through another big lockdown here. I'm a huge freedom guy. And so that ends up bringing up some past trauma stuff when you get your freedoms taken away. You know, I'm American at heart, even though I live here. And so, you know, it started to do stuff and I started and I was doing not coaching. I was doing the thing that didn't really light, light me up. And I was doing some financial advising and learning some new tools, which are great, but it wasn't actually in line with my passion and my purpose. And I recognized that just around Christmas last year and I went, oh crap. And so I changed, but it's bringing awareness. And I love the fact that you, you have awareness to it. And the, you know, I want to know, Andrew, what are your thoughts on the easiest way we, you know, when we've gone through this and we've done a lot of work on ourselves and we're easily able to be in the island as my coach is calling it at the moment, the island where we all want to get to, uh, but we forget because we're already there with it. We're helping people get to there. We're, we're already there and we forget the kind of transition or where our people are sitting at and the first little things that we needed to do. What would be your number one thing? that you would say to somebody just to just around awareness to bring awareness to the fact of hey you might be actually burning out or you might you know something to look at within themselves to bring that awareness mm. there's a couple of things um i i would say that if you're if you're like working like a quote unquote traditional schedule that like monday through friday like you work um, and on a Sunday night, um, you're just like really dreading the next day, like the first day of the week, like that, that's in that may be indicator number one, or it could just be because you have a crappy week ahead of you. But if it happens more than once, it's something to kind of pay attention to. Um, the, the other thing is, um, if you're tired for, you know, two, three times in a seven day span, and there's just no like explanation for it. Like that could be signs of so many other things, but it could also just be because your brain is going a thousand miles an hour. Um, and maybe, maybe you need to pay some attention to that. And maybe it's because of, of work. Um, and those two things um, actually is what, uh, as, as I reflected back um, into public safety, those were elements that I, started feeling it was uncontrolled it just tiredness um that i didn't know where it was from or why um it was dreading to have to get up like to start the the shift schedule or the work week or whatever um um th those two things were my number one elements that i didn't realize right away that those were the those were the causes of burnout um and now being aware of it like a, a year ago, like I identified, I started feeling tired. Um, I started feeling just not motivated. Um, and I said to my wife, I said, I need to disconnect for two to three weeks. Like I just need to stop. 
Like I need, I need to stop or it's just going to keep going down a downward spiral. And she was like, wow, two to three weeks. Like, how can we even avoid this the next time? Like, 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 but I at least identified it. And I thought that was a success. Now I want to make sure I don't get to the two to three week mark. Like that's the next step. Like, but, um, yeah. It's so fun. It's it's so awesome that you brought up those few things because that energy levels is the is the is the number one key thing and and it's so awesome that you were able to identify it again and obviously you're like okay, I need some decent time to kind of recharge. And we do. We want to make sure that that doesn't happen. So, what is it that you're doing now to make sure that that doesn't happen? I so every week and a half, two weeks, um what, what I do with my team, whether or not they see it or not, is um, I check in with them and I say, how's your battery? Mm. Like, ha- how, are, how are you guys doing with the workload you have? Give me a percentage. Like, are you tired sometimes? Part, um, just a small portion of the time or all the time. If they can't, like, quantify a battery level for whatever reason, it's kind of hard to. Um and what that does is it forces me to reflect. <laughs> and so me asking that and having a little reminder to ask them forces me to say, how are you doing? Like, Andrew, how are you this week? Like, how, how have you been doing? Um, been doing that for almost a year now. Um, and it's helping or about nine months. It was after the last, like, burnout piece. Um, so about nine months now. Um, and it's allowed me to proactively take a day or two off. Like I did that last week. I was like, ah, getting below 50%. I just need a day. Like 50% is kind of my cutoff. I'm like, I want to catch it early. Like if I'm starting to feel tired, I'm catching it early. Um, and there's no shame. Like I, I, I tell my team that too. I'm like, and if they don't identify it, here's the other thing, just being a leader um, in general for all the leaders out there, like if they're officers and public safety and stuff, just being aware of your team, like in some of those indications of being tired, maybe not as chirpy and everything, that's that's a check-in opportunity to say, hey, how you doing? Things going good? Yeah. Just do it. Like, no harm. Like, just see how people are doing. Like, people could just have a lot going on and they just may need, like, to leave an hour early from a shift and maybe get somebody else to cover it, cover it. I mean, I don't know. So anyway, no, I, love, I, I love that. You know, we, we learn the best through teaching as well. Uh, you know, there's, there's research and stuff around it. You, you learn best by teaching others. And so if you're actually using it on others in a way that you're like, okay, cool. I'm going to ask these people this and actually think about it myself as well so impactful because also you're then impacting others you're giving to others as well uh and it is so true you know the times the 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 bosses that i worked under that i that were always the ones that would ask you know how's everybody doing and we'd have debriefs and we would have you know pre-briefs you know when we did what we called lineup you know the start a shift where you'd be like okay cool you get given which area you're going to be looking after and who you're going to be partnered up with and this and that uh, and any tasks for the day, they'd also go, how's everybody doing today? You know, how'd you sleep? What'd you do on your days off? You know, or, you know, what'd you do last night after work? And, you know, just have a general chit chat and conversation as well. Where the, some of the, some of the best teams that I worked on because you had the most energy because you felt 
like you could give more because you had a place that shit, if something was going on, you could actually talk about it. Um, the other thing is as well as that I wanted to bring up, what was it? You had said something, lost my train of thought. Was well, I'm going to fill in for like 30 seconds so Go. you can think about that. Um, I, I think one of the cool things, like I, I'm going to pass this on to my team to like listen to because they don't, they don't, they, they probably don't even know. I check in with them to check in with myself. Like that, that's, that's the like cool part about this. Like it, it's, it's, and, and it's a good habit to, you know, assess yourself regularly because like it, it can get to those like deep, dark times you were describing earlier. And I know people that literally um, they're cranky. They're, they're just miserable every single call, every single point of like, like interaction, um, because like, they're they're not happy, they're burnt out, like they're, they're tired. um, And they see they see no path forward. Um, And I think that's the value of like, like, I know, I mean, you, you're, you're in this space, you coach people through burnout, that's the value of a coach, though, too. Mm -hmm. Like having having that person having that uh, um, support, system around you that is not biased but at the same time understands what you go through and at the same time understands how to navigate it like that's that's the value of having somebody like yourself and that wasn't paid advertising for chris that was just (laughs) natural like (laughs) it is it's so true it doesn't matter who you who you get as a coach you know you can get me you can get andrew you can get like you know anybody out there you can do any of the stuff there's so much stuff out there it's just you got to resonate with who it is that you uh, that you have as a coach because they're not there to tell you what to do. They're there to look at a 30,000 view perspective and guide you in the right direction, ask you questions. Yes, give you some advice, give you some tools, but it's about guiding you in that right direction because if I tell you what to do, you can only lead a horse to water. You can't force it to drink. You know, I can tell you everything to do. Shit, there's the Google. You can go to Google University and get all the, all the information. It's all out there. But it's a matter of making sure that, you know, figuring out the coach is there to help you, to guide you, to get there. What I was going to say was around the fact of listening as well. You know, being if we a lot of times when we're in burnout, we close off. Correct me if this didn't happen for you, but you close off and you're like, no, you don't know what I'm going through. No, you don't understand. You just don't get it. Man, if I had a dollar for every time I had probably said that to my wife, I probably would be a billionaire. Um, Me too. But Me too. <laughs> it's, it's actually being open and it takes a lot and it takes some big kahunas to actually admit that people can see more within you than you can see within yourself. When I was burning out in a way this last, you know, the end of last year with multiple different things going on with the whole COVID thing with the whole, you know, I was doing a different role and I was kind of torn back and forth between it because we went into a lockdown. And so I was doing financial advising, which I was actually quite passionate about. And I still am about the outcome of it uh, when it comes to like I was selling insurance, but I was sitting in front of my computer like I am right now making money for somebody else. Hmm. Didn't have the flexibilities, didn't have the freedoms, didn't have all the levels of my why, the seven-step process that I take people through, didn't have all the levels of it being met. 
And I identified it towards the end of the year, partly because I was on a motorcycle ride and the thrill, the thrill seeking was coming back. Mm-hmm. And that was what identified, like helped, like really shocked me when I was in my major stage, when I left, you know, front line was, oh my God, I'm seeking the thrill. I'm trying to push myself almost to like, I don't care if I crash and I don't care what happens as long as I get that adrenaline rush. Mm-hmm. I started to feel that again in the, at the beginning of this year slash end of last year. And then also my wife went, what's wrong? What's going on? And I was like, again, that whole shield that us guys do really good or first responders do, those alpha, alpha type personalities. And I went and she went, what's wrong? I was like, no, nothing. There it was again. And she, and this is the, this is the thing of having good relationships and having good people around you. She goes, bullshit. I go, what are you talking about? She's like, Chris, you're eating pretzels at like 10 o'clock at night just because you're hungry. But I know you, you're not hungry. I was like, okay, yeah, I'm, uh, I don't know. I just don't feel like me. And then we dug into it and just dug into it. And we've done a lot of coaching. And this is where having a coach is really good. My wife is somewhat of my own, my coach without us being coach. We have to consistently go, do you want coaching Chris or do you want husband Chris? Because, <laughs> because it's that thing, you know, when you do it for a job. Uh, but but it just listening to and, and reflecting on things makes a huge difference. It can make a massive impact whether you're going to burn out hard or you're just going to kind of touch the surface of the burnout and kind of continue and then, and then bounce back and continue on. Hmm. And be okay with failing. <laughs> I mean, that's that's a part of the journey though too. Like. Yep. Like, there is like no the, such thing as failing. It's just it's just learning. Like, and once you realize that, holy crap, your world opens up. Yeah, it's it, well, it's it's crazy. Like, one one of the things that 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 I think I realize right now is that um, you, you have to kind of find your rhythm um, and like like see kind of like work what works for you to to identify like those those different trigger points like i mean it's taken me i mean god um i was saying earlier like this is like almost nine years out of public safety and like it wasn't until three years ago so six years post public safety that i started talking openly about ptsd and being aware of that it it took me um, all this time to understand how to identify burnout, like even better than I did before. Like I identified it in public safety and then kind of just like, yeah, it'll pass. It'll pass. It'll pass. Pushed it off. So I reverted back. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, re-identified <laughs> burnout over the last like couple of years on and off. Um, but like perfection is something you can strive for, but you're not going to, you're not going to get it. You have to, it, yeah. It's a continuous journey. You know, burnout will, it, it, it's just, as you level up, the burnout has to, the, the, the burnout tools and that have to level up as well. You've got your basic tools, but you really have to focus on specific things. Like my thing is, is energy and your state. And the three things that I say all the time is, uh, have a good, you know, be in state, which I grabbed from Tony Robbins, be in state, find your why, know your why and purpose and focus on it, and then continually grow. You live by those three things and you're aware of those three things, you'll continually do better, make more, give more, 
and impact more. Mm. And you, you, you won't ever fail because you're continually growing. And so really focusing on that, I, you hit something there when you started talking about the PTSD side of stuff. And I want to real quick before we move forward uh, into like your why and that and purpose is what's your belief on the impact that PTSD has on burnout? Mm. We were talking about this a little bit earlier and um um they they both intertwine i think i think i i i think um they're they're both they're both related now i haven't had a lot of opportunity to think about like what comes before the other what may come before the other um or if something does come before the other but um to to me like um I mean, I, I was burnt out and I was still like seeing trauma, um, and dealing with trauma and not knowing how to cope with trauma. <laughs> um, and to this day, I'm not, a, I'm not perfect at it. Like I'm still learning. Um, but, um, I, I think like when you're burnt out, like what makes sense to me in my head. And you can tell me if like, this is even like what, what you talk to people about Chris, but like, if you're burnt out and you're experiencing trauma, like in public safety, like you can't handle the trauma because your brain is so hyperactive. Like you're already tired. Like you don't know how to handle it. Like you can't handle it on your own. Like that, that's at least how I feel. And I, I couldn't, it was tough. So you're, you're, um, spot, you're spot on there. It's almost like a vicious cycle. And as it gets, as you go deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper, it gets faster and faster and faster and faster. And then it's like that hamster wheel. The, you know, you, you want to get off that hamster wheel, but it's going so fast that if you jump off, it might hurt. And the more trauma you see, the more burned out you get. The more burned out you get, the more the trauma affects you. The more trauma you see, the more burned out you get. The more burnout you have, the, the more the trauma affects you. And then it almost it becomes this such a fast wheel that you actually aren't even running on the wheel. You're just going around and around and around and around, and around in the wheel. <laughs> and so the wheel's going to stop at some point. Like yeah, the wheel will stop at some point because it'll break <laughs> or you'll break yeah. and you'll just, you'll completely pass out. Uh, and, and it will, the, the trick is, is to have that wheel in a balance where you're in control of it. So you can slow that wheel down and hop off of it. Hmm. And what I've, what I've figured out through all the last, since I left five years ago, actually, I left five years ago, April 10th, because I wouldn't leave, we leave without pay on my, on my 30th birthday for a year, took a year, about a year and a half of leave without pay. And that's when I did my motorcycle trip. I left my 30th birthday five years ago, 2017. And what I've recognized since about a year after that, getting real hardcore into coaching in 2018, I really hardcore got into actually more of the life coaching side of stuff is I recognize that we all have trauma from when we were kids, whether we like it or not, when we were developing, we started to actually experience traumas. A lot of my stuff has to do with my dad <laughs> and I have a great relationship with my dad. I see him more often than I see anybody else. And, but once we recognize that and we go, okay, cool. Well, we've got trauma. We've got PTSD from somewhere, from something. You can put whatever name you want on it, PTSD, you can call it depression, you can call it trauma, you can call it whatever you want. We all have it. So I believe that it starts with trauma. 
what ends up happening is that trauma becomes so big that our body doesn't know how to deal with it. And so then we start to, our energy levels start to drain because we're putting so much effort into running from or trying to combat that trauma that then our energy levels drop. And so everything that, if you think about, uh, and I, I learned this, I gotta give credit where credit's due, I learned this from Tony Robbins, you know, where energy goes, energy flows, but we also put a mirror on other people of our own experiences. So when we see something, you know, you take, for example, I use this analogy all the time. You take, for example, you're at a party or you're just in a restaurant or you're in a gym and you see somebody across the room that you know and you go, hi, and you wave at them. You don't say anything, but you wave at them. You're looking straight at them. It looks like they're looking straight at you and nothing in return. All those voices and things that come up into your head, and I saw that in your face, Andrew, as I said that. All that stuff that comes up into your head is from past traumas. Mm. And if we don't recognize that, shit, I just put a mirror on that person of what I believe they thought and the fact that they, quote unquote, ghosted me, mm. when it's more than likely a fact that they didn't even see you. Mm. Or there's that other time where somebody waves at you and you wave back and it turns out they're waving at the person behind you. <laughs> and your mind goes through all these different things because the person wasn't actually waving at you and you feel like an absolute idiot, all these different things, all from trauma. And then it drains that energy. And then you put meaning to it. You put beliefs to it. And it drains you more and more and more until you until you get to a fact of like, oh, fuck, actually, that just doesn't matter. It just is mm -hmm. what it is. And so then you can do it. So I do believe that it's a cycle. And then when you take first responders for a fact, you take that and you apply it to the things that we see, the trauma that we see, and the meaning that we put to those, and the beliefs that we put to that subconsciously. Most of the time, it's not even conscious to the death, to the, I didn't save this person, I didn't help this person. You take the, I'm going to bring it up, but that shooting that happened yesterday in the school where the person went in and killed a bunch of kids. There's going to be all yeah. those first responders that go to that that are going to have put so much meaning to their role and what they should have done or wished they had done, instead of going, it's happened, as sad as it is and as horrible as it is, it's happened, and I had no control of it. Mm. And we were talking about this before we started recording. Uh, control is one of the biggest things. What do you have control of? Mm. And really thinking about what do I have actual control of today, right now, in this moment of what I'm doing? Do I have control of it? No? Cool. Focus on what you do have control of. Mm. And it instantly changes that and it changes the trauma. But once we actually recognize the trauma and we can actually then go, oh, wait a second, that's coming from that experience? <laughs> okay, cool. Sweet. I can recognize it. I can acknowledge, do I have control over it? Yeah, I have control over the beliefs and the meanings that I put onto this. So let's move mm. forward. And so it does create a vicious cycle and so you get off the hamster wheel and look at the hamster wheel and go, ooh, look at that go round and round and round. <laughs> you know, it's funny, Chris, like I tell folks all the time, like when they're, when they're transitioning out of public safety, I'm like, you handle what's in your control. Like you just said it, like with burnout, you, you handle what's in your control and the stuff outside of your control, like um, in the job hiring process, luck, like there is a luck component and that is out of your control. Like 
Um, you, you can't, you can't control that if you don't get the job and you know, it's just a matter of luck. You, you, if you've done everything in your control, like interview really well, have a really good resume, you know, hit, hit all of the factors you need to hit, but luck isn't on your side. I mean, it's just, yeah. It's, but, it's so, it's so true. I'm glad you brought that up because when I went for, so my final three and a half, almost four years, I was on diplomatic protection. So looking after heads, of, the, the personal protection officer or team uh, for heads of state uh, when they come over. So like our version of Secret Service over here. And I was doing residential security. So working at the prime minister's house. So our head of state, um, his house is his as the security team that was at his house. Got that job pretty easily because I was the only person that applied for it and the sergeant liked me. So there you go. And I interviewed halfway decent for it. Uh, but when it came to going to for the protection team that traveled around with him and was around, you know, the city and stuff with him full time, I had to apply for it four times. I applied for it four times and I went into it going, yeah, I've got this, I've got this. And then I'd come out and I'd be like, and then they'd be like, nah, sorry, you didn't. Because I was, I was going up against multiple other guys that had been around for a while that were interviewing better. And I had to eat a big pill. <laughs> And go, what am I not doing properly? And so it comes into also, I, I believe that we all have to evaluate everything we do. Mm -hmm. Evaluate every situation. How can I do this better? How can I work at this better? I say this to all the people that are just joining the police force. Every traffic stop, every domestic, every job you go to, every situation you encounter, debrief it in your head quickly afterwards. What mm -hmm. went well, what didn't. Even if it was like the best job ever. Okay, what went well? What made it the best job? What are some of the areas that I can improve in? Where did I fail at it mm. so that I can improve it? And so I had to do that. And I literally, it came down to, I wasn't prepared enough. Mm. And it was a hard pill to swallow to reflect on myself, but that helps you to not burn out in it. Otherwise I would have burned out in that interview process and I went on screw it. This isn't for me. I'm not going to do this anymore. But you tried time and time over time and time again and i evaluated every time afterwards i asked for feedback you know i knew the sergeants but even if i didn't know the sergeants i would have called them up and gone what could i have done better how could i improve on this so that next time i pass it and that's exactly what i asked them and i went chris you need to you know you need to work on this this and this and again the ego side of a type personalities i was like no i don't and then i was like actually i if i didn't i would have got the job so yes i do <laughs> And, you know, it's the same thing when it comes to the burnout. Self-eval is consistently the number one thing. So moving forward, uh, any any words you have, anything else you want to add to any of that, Andrew? No, no. Um, but you did ask me something earlier you probably want to hit on, and, like, that's my why, right? Yep, that's where I was just going to next. So I believe every individual... And I've done a lot of work on this and coached a lot of people around this and have figured it out. Every person has an internal specific why to them. Not I want to help my family. Not I'm doing this for money. Not I'm doing this to put a roof over my head. Those are all very surface level. And yes, they matter, but they're very surface level. Everybody has a deep-seated why that stems from their childhood. Mine, uh, for the longest time, was I create less pain for myself and others. So we create the best version of ourselves. And then just like anything, continuous growth. Went to another layer of the onion, doing a coaching, having a coach that I have now, and I, it all of a sudden hit me. Mine is to help, my, to help myself and others really truly see themselves so that we can be the best version of ourselves. 
And again, that stems back to my dad. Same exact situation that I thought the pain one did, but it actually goes deeper, uh, as we said. But that's what drives me. It drives me through those hard times where I'm like, I don't want to get up today. It gives me that energy. It gives that, that spark of energy. It also gives me that energy to go, hey, actually today I need a self-eval day. Gives me the energy of yesterday, uh, not yesterday, the day before. Literally looked at the wind and went, shit, the wind's perfect today. I'm going to go paragliding. <laughs> Didn't have a very busy schedule in the afternoon. Moved a couple things around and went, cool, sweet, I'm going. Because I knew that I needed that filler because I wasn't seeing myself wasn't seeing what I needed. And so what would you say, Andrew, with that little spiel there for everybody else? What would you say your driving why is, and even some of the levels of it, because they all matter? So my, my why is I want to help people see their true value. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think, I think sometimes like, especially in public safety, when you're beat, beat down literally and figuratively so much, um, you, you forget that you do have value and you do have purpose. Um, but that also goes for people outside of public safety too. <laughs> like, um, I mean, you, you get told no, a hundred times, like you, you start to question and um, not see that you, you are a valuable component to whatever you're doing. And um, I think what gets me really excited is helping people to see their value and that they still have value. Um, and that stems back, you know, kind of, kind of a, by the way, you know, our conversation today helped me to reflect on that a lot, which is really good. Um, but that stems back from my my childhood of like always wanting to like help people, like make them feel comfortable and mm. stuff. So, um, yeah, it's it's crazy. It's a good reflection point, though. No, that's that's awesome. So that that seeing value. So. How do you take that and make sure that it's applied into everything that you do each day? You know, for yourself to start with, because we always got to look after ourselves. It's that whole oxygen mask analogy. Put it on yourself first. So it's always for us first. Then we apply it to others. So how do you make sure each day that you're, you know, seeing value in yourself? That I'm helping the folks immediately around me accomplish whatever they want to accomplish in, in that day. Like if I, if I'm not like reaching out to my team and making sure that they're supported, um, like that, that gives me satisfaction, making sure that I'm helping them, um, to accomplish what they need to accomplish. Um, so that's kind of, kind of like what I do to, kind of make sure like, and, and that's my value to help them see their value. <laughs> so, so what do you do? So my, you know, from my professional side, that's a, a lot of for other people, which obviously feeds into you. And this is what I say all the time, what you do must serve you. You don't mm -hmm. serve what you do. And so that's a, that right there shows that what you do serves 
you know, it serves you. You're not serving it because it's creating more value. It's seeing that it's lighting you up. It's filling your tank up. But what are the things that you do individually that is just for you? Not to mm -hmm. necessarily serve somebody else to then give to you or give to somebody else to then serve you. But for you, what do you do for you to make sure that you feel of value to you? Not enough. <laughs> and this is where most people are at. Most people, they're very great at giving it to everybody else. But And this is the number yeah. one thing that I take people through in my program is making sure that they're doing it for themselves first and then for others because they feel like, oh, I'm doing it for everybody else and then it's giving to me. Well, that's very good, but that's putting you on the hamster wheel of if you're not doing it for somebody else, then you, that hamster wheel starts to run faster and faster because you're more and more drained because you're like, fuck, I'm always just giving to all these different people. And why aren't you know? And so it becomes a you're serving it instead of you instead of it serving you. So what if yeah. you think about it? What are a couple of things that if maybe you don't do them now, but that you're like, fuck, I really that is a something that I should be doing. Yeah. Well, what's funny is like you you go, you go through like what's your why, and then we go to the next step, and it's like the authenticity of doing like something like this. It's like <laughs> nice question, Chris. Uh, I don't know, um, <laughs> um, but the the things that I should be doing for myself, um, there there are some things that I've started doing that that um, historically I've never done. Um, and it, it makes me feel good that I'm inching toward, um, I'm going down the right path, but, um, um, it, it's been the most consistent of eating healthy, like eating really, really clean. Um, probably the most consistent I've been in like seven years. Yeah. Um, and that's all started over the last month. Um, the, the next layer to that is like just getting back into that, uh, public safety fitness phase, like where, where I was a lot more fit. Um, um, that, that's something to do for myself to help fuel my why. Um, those two elements alone, like th those, those were like mental, like equalizers for me um, that I've completely neglected um, that so far been most consistent, like with implementing again. So no, that's, that's, that's awesome. And I know you're, you tell, correct me if I'm wrong. My hallucination is, is that you're possibly not applying your why to those two things. So it does this roller coaster. And it's because I've a pattern that I see in people. Uh, so how can you apply your why of creating, you know, having value for yourself and others? But let's look at the for yourself. How can you apply that to your eating clean and your training. Hmm. I don't know, Chris. That's a good question. You're you're challenging me today. <laughs> you, you know, it, it may be 11 a.m. your time, but it's 7 p.m. my time. <laughs> it's the perfect time, brother. It's the perfect time. What I'll say, what I'll say, you know, I want you to reflect on this out, outside, or if you if you so choose. But for viewers and that, I, I want to bring this because I want to bring value. I always like to bring value as well, like you said. But um, because this is how people really see, can see themselves, can see them true, their true selves. Is when you take your why, whatever level you're at. Now, the deeper you go, the better it is. Also, I also in the process because I help first responders that are at that stage where they're like, 
I want to leave, but I don't know why I want to leave. I'm just sick of this job. I'm sick of everything going on. I, the political bullshit, blah, 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 blah. All those different things that we're hearing all the time. Self-reflect for those listening self-reflect on that. What is it that you're saying all the time that you actually are like, Oh, I didn't used to say that. But once you take your why, you can take all the levels and you can use that to transition. You can use it to apply. There's a different techniques, but once you have your level, your deeper level, why or whatever level you're at, to take it to and apply it to your stuff. So I take, I'm going to use mine for example, to help myself truly see myself. So that we create a better version of myself. When I take my training and I train like an animal now and have for the last, since January, since I kind of came out of that last little blurp of burnout. So I apply it to it every single morning when I don't want to get out of bed, when I'm tired, when I'm feeling sore. Uh, and I go, okay, cool. Is helping me, is me staying in bed? I, I turn it into a question. Me staying in bed. Is this helping me see myself or is this detrimenting me seeing myself? Is it me actually looking away from myself? And yesterday I went, no, I need to sleep. My body is telling me something and I'm not actually seeing myself by going to the gym because my body's telling me right now, Chris, you need a rest day. You're sore. Your muscles are sore. You're tired. Take a minute. So I did. I believe in movement every single day. So I got up, I went to my wife, I got up about a half hour later and I went to my wife, I was like, you want to go for a walk for 20 minutes? Because that's a form of movement, but it's not destroying myself in the gym. And so it's actually taking and asking yourself, how, how am I actually seeing myself this morning? Or how am I creating value for myself by eating healthy? Mm. Ask yourself better questions, you get better answers. Mm. And so for those that are listening, Start implementing that every day into your life. Whatever it is, if your why and the deepest level that you can get to is, uh, I do what I do because I want to put a roof over my family's head. I want to put a roof over my head and also my family's head and over other people's heads. Hmm. Okay, cool. By me being in this mental state of burnout or having no energy, is this helping put a roof or keep a roof over my head? <laughs> So it, you can use any level that you're at. The deeper level, obviously, the better. So if you want help with that, I'm going to put a plug in here. Come and reach out. You know, these these are sponsored by my program. So we've got to put that plug in there. Uh, so, Andrew, does, does, any any comments on that? No, I think I think like deeper questioning can can help you to get to the root cause of like things like this and your why. Um, no, it's, it's a great reflection point. It's homework. This is, this is what homework is <laughs> like. I mean, it's, it's not only to like, think about your why on the surface, but dig a little bit deeper, see, see what your why is underneath the surface. Um, and then question yourself when you wake up every day, like, you know, is, is me laying in bed, sleeping for another hour, good or bad for my why? Um, and kind of like self-reflect self-reflection is like the, the key to a lot of things. Like it, it's been like instrumental. Like <laughs> it's, you have it's, to... it's so is one thing I would say in there and because I just can't help myself. And this is for the listeners also for you, Andrew is, is the language. Nothing's good or bad, but does this actually improve or benefit me and my why? Hmm. Because then it's like, well, then you actually start to actually ask yourself, 
well, fuck, is it benefiting me? And you can lie to yourself and say yes, but you'll know. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. 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 Um, so, Andrew, what would be your number one piece of advice for listeners when it comes to uh, when it comes to that transition? You know, you're helping people transition as well. You're coaching them around that transition out, kind of similar to I am. I'm hitting them just before that to make sure that transition is the right decision for them. Because I want them to, you know, I want great freaking first responders out there. We have uh, all of you who started were great first responders. Not that you're not now, but we want to get you back to that that impact that you were making in the very beginning uh, with all the skills that you have now. Uh, but so when it comes to that transition, people are like, nope, I'm done. I'm out. I'm going. What would be your number one piece of advice? I would say that number number one, if you think you're going to be gone tomorrow, um, um, you, you may be able to be gone tomorrow out of public safety, but you may not be able to support your day to day. So don't 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 be brash and just just like quit right away kind of take more of a systematic approach and like think about like why you want to leave um like is it is it because you're you're burnt out um because like you touched on earlier chris like if you're burnt out you're just going to carry that burnout with you like into into other areas um and you may want to nip that in the butt first um but it, is it because you're just ready for a second career and your why is changing and you're not getting fulfilled by your why where where you are today so kind of like think about it be a little bit more uh, systematic like look at um what skills you have and if you don't know what they are you know hit me up and i'll help you walk through that um um and then like what what you like to do and what you hate to do and then do what you like to do, limit what you hate to do. <laughs> um, and then come up with that plan, like plan for months to a year, not days to weeks. Um, things take a little while. So, um, I, I, lo- I love that as first responders, we, we prepare for everything, you know, <laughs> we're on our way to a job of some sort and we're preparing of what we think by the information that we have. Uh, it's good and it, I mean it, 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 it's helpful sometimes and not on other times because we prepare all this plan and then we get there and we're like oh crap now what do we it, like this is nothing like what we thought it was uh, and so sometimes it's, you know we're very good at having that open mind at the same time uh, so Andrew if somebody's wanting to get in touch with you maybe they want to learn more about you they want to you know just have a chat with you or they're you know want to get some of the skills that you can you can teach them um, how do they how do they go about doing that hit me up on LinkedIn is like the number one um best way to get in touch with me um andrew outlet on linkedin if you don't have a linkedin um andrew at outletcareers.com is the the second slash tied for first best way to get in touch with me Um, we'll put those we'll put those in the in the bio down in the in the uh, description down below uh wherever you're watching or listening to this uh Last question I always like to ask, what is your top tip to self-happiness? Be honest with yourself and um, be honest with yourself through self-reflection. Um, that, that's kind of kind of my number one tip. 
Awesome. I love it. I love it. Any last words, Andrew, before we wrap up? Thanks for the opportunity, Chris. This was fun, man. Um, and it was good getting to know you and, you know, sharing a little bit about the story and no burnout. So thanks. No, perfect. I love it, Andrew. Thanks for being so open, honest and, and vulnerable uh, at times as well. And uh, we appreciate having you on here. For all those listening, as I always say, take one thing from today. You don't need to take everything. There's a ton of stuff that we talked about, a ton of tools in there. Just take one thing and implement it into your life. Whatever hit you the most, whatever was like that most biggest aha uh, moment, uh, take that and just start implementing it into your life. Now, if you need help implementing it or you want a specific structured plan to, you know, from A to B to get to that stage of having those first day feelings back, fighting that burnout, you know, refinding uh, or, you know, really getting clear on that purpose and why. Uh, then hit me up. Uh, it's team at createfromwhy.com. Uh, and we will organize a time to get on here and, and have a conversation with you on Zoom and see where you're sitting at, see what's going on and see where you want to get to. Uh, but remember, you are cared about, you are seen, uh, and we are here to support you because you matter to us and we want to make, uh, we want to bring back that joy and that excitement uh, that you had in that first day being a first responder. So, uh, thanks again. Share, like, subscribe, do all those fun things. Uh, I'm not going to tell you what to do, but uh, we do appreciate it. It does help us get that impact out there more. Until next time, we love you and uh, stay safe out there.